There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And Friday has come early. Ooh. It is Thursday as we are recording this episode of It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we find trends that are just emerging, have emerged, maybe merged a thousand years ago, and we just noticed it. Possibly they merged uh, in an antitrust way. We don't know. They might emerge in an antitrust way, but you know what? It's not our job to judge. It is only no. our job to identify, to label. If you will. <laughs> to judge. Wait, no, and wait. We judge. said it wasn't wait, to judge. No, not judge. <laughs> no, just never, label. Sorry. Yeah. Totally just label. different. Uh, totally different. I've got I've got some fun. I've got some uh colorful, like so fun. Colorful I know. things. Yeah. I love it. Bring yeah. it. Bring it. In fact, my first one is in fact about color. Uh this started when last night. My wife, who works for Rotten Tomatoes, was showing me some mock-ups of, of some logos for a show because she does video for them. Uh, and one of them were these like kind of ice cream colors is the way I thought of it at the time. And she's like, yeah, I don't really like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. This morning, we got mock-ups of some new album art for a podcast I, I do. And one of them was ice cream colors. And I'm like, what is that about? And uh, Sarah Lane, who does Daily Tech News Show with me, is like, yeah, I work on another podcast and they use those same colors. It must be like a template or something. I did some research and I found out that cyberpunk color schemes are hot. Oh, this is so interesting because looking at this, it's so related to the sign trend that you identified yes, a few weeks right? back. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Where you were like really graphic, sort of squared off. And obviously in this color scheme, which is so much turquoise. Yeah. Bright, bold colors, hot pinks, neon, a lot of neon, neon green, mm-hmm. neon yellow, neon blue. Neon, all the things, neon <laughs> all, purple. Yeah, everything neon. Like it's it's like you're in a William Gibson novel all the time. Oh, um, wow. Sorry, I just went down the color and uh, 99designs.com says expect color schemes in 2020 to get even more vibrant and luminous. So if your eyes hurt already, you may need shades. I mean, does, will I sound like the oldest lady ever if I'm like, how did that, how could they get more so? <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. What on earth? Also, just by the way, I just want to like, even just reading this list shows how right you were about the sort of signage thing. Hand lettering with big personality. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ultra thin geometry. Bevels and chisels. I mean, dude, you like totally nailed the graphic design of the whoa. I accidentally clicked through and there's like a like a DNA strand <laughs> in the brightest turquoise blue on gray and white that I've ever seen in my life. And apparently I officially I'm gonna have like an instant aneurysm from twenty twenty. I like this uh, example of a bright neon Japanese poster uh, called The Wake Up Festival because <laughs> the colors are so loud. You can't sleep. No kidding. You are wide awake. Uh, yeah. Ultra thin so, geometry also 
really painful on the eyeballs, by the way. <laughs> like, turns out your the painful decline of your eyesight is the, the hot graphics trend of twenty twenty. Just in time. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> this really feels 80s to me rather than cyberpunk. It totally is. Yeah. But I guess there's aspects of it, the neon aspects of it specifically. Like they show this premium milk frother with like a neon pink on it and the, the neon blue stuff. I've seen that on a lot of things. So I guess that's where the cyberpunk comes in. But uh, yeah. So uh, if you're looking for a color scheme that is trendy, uh, make it hot neon pink. I mean, I have been shopping for... I've been trying to figure out gift ideas for my about to be 13 year old. And now I'm like, oh, okay, just find some stuff that looks like this and I'll be good. I am just going to look. I'm not trying to make this an unfamily friendly podcast, but the milk frother thing. Yeah. I had to back up and slow down and then look closely at it because Mm -hmm. it really, Mm -hmm. really looks like a sex toy. If you're not paying attention to the frother attachment at the bottom, Mm -hmm. particularly, Mm -hmm. yeah, it, I you, mean, I literally was like, "What? But, but what would the oh <laughs> milk frother?" Well, That's... the the pink packaging doesn't help. No, it doesn't. I actually, I think this is. I mean, I know I'm taking us in a, another direction, mm-hmm. but I think this is like a wink and a nod kind of thing. I'm just hey, saying it could it could be a like we don't mind if you you know happen to associate it with other feelings. Yeah, <laughs> like you decide. <laughs> Up to you. You decide, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, my uh, my first thing is also an explosion of light and color, I assume. Yeah, right. Well, I I've never been, but... Don't even know. I've never been. I have for years been saying, what is that? Even though it's everywhere. And now it has finally crossed over from ubiquitous to meme. And that thing is Shen Yun. And when I said, yes, it is colorful, I was going solely by the billboards that I have seen constantly for the past several years telling me that Shen Yun is in town. Like, no, what they, Shen Yun is better at ubiquitous marketing than Mike Bloomberg. And that is saying a lot. Like, I don't know how much money Shen Yun spends on billboards and flyers. I get flyers in the mail, I mean, now that I'm actually thinking about it, the like the Mike Bloomberg comparison is disturbingly apt. It is it it at listen like the basics are that it's apparently a dance performance thing. It's like a circus like traditional dance type thing. Yeah, it visits the reason it's so ubiquitous is that it visits 150 <laughs> cities a year. So it really is just this like I don't know where they get the money to do this, but it's like this dazzling dance thing. I don't really know. But the reason I bring it up is not just because it has billboards everywhere, but because the marketing has finally gotten to the point where, like, the kids make jokes about Shen Yun uh-huh. all the time. Like, you've asked me about my homework more times than I have seen a Shen Yun billboard type, <laughs> type memes. Like, they're just using it as shorthand for a thing that is everywhere and that you can't avoid. Man, all those cyberpunk colors are totally Shen Yun now. And I mean, they kind of are like you could actually say that and that would be really funny. And then weirdly, just, you know, not to inject a note of the realness into our podcast, but weirdly this week, 
Shenyun became a whole different kind of thing because then all these people were like, we're not going to go see Shenyun because it's Chinese and it might have coronavirus. And then everyone was like, yeah, we're not actually Shenyun was like, we're not going to cancel our performances because we're based in New York. Yeah, because not they're not Chinese. even allowed to perform <laughs> in China. Which is, by the way, the most I've ever learned about Shenyun in the like three to five years that I've been seeing the billboards constantly. <laughs> I had no idea. I would have I guessed either. that they were sponsored by the Chinese government to spread culture. But Me no, too. they were, in fact, quite the opposite, founded by Falun Gong, which is a branded as a terrorist organization by communist China. Yeah. Like a Taiwanese resistance organization, basically. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I had no idea, but apparently they do celebrate traditional Chinese song and dance despite being blacklisted by the Chinese government and banned from traveling to China. Yeah. So who knew you can go see Shenyun without worrying about encountering anyone who's been to China. It's also least so amazing. China. I mean, I don't know if you can guarantee that, but what you can say is it is amazing that it is so ubiquitous. That somebody out there in the fit of like freak out that they were having about coronavirus was like, we can't go see Shenyun, though. I mean, I guess you're right. Somebody from mainland China could go attend the Shenyun thing. But even that is not likely if they want to go back, because just the fact that you attended a Falun Gong sponsored event would be noted against you if they found out. Right. I think it's also really important to note here that attending events with people from China will not give you coronavirus. Also, <laughs> like, very important to note that. Stop yes, correct. being so crazy, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, but and then there's all these crazy articles about whether Shenyun, in fact, because now I had to look because I was like, this is a thing. And everybody's joking about it. And there are articles like, is it a cult or like dazzling dancers or cryptic cult because of the Falun Gong thing? Like, mm-hmm. who knew that it's actually super fascinating and weird and not just a bunch of billboards. And the, by the way, that article about whether I'm just saying, just proving my point here about how it's a thing. The article about whether it's dancers or a cult appeared uh, e- this week, Monday. Monday. Yeah, because somebody was looking into it and was like, because oh, everybody was like, what is the angle. deal? Yeah. What is the deal with well, Shenyun? Somebody said, you know what? I'm going to find out what's up with Shenyun because, you know, maybe they can't go home or, maybe, you know, and then they find like, oh, well, they were never from there. Okay. Turns out they're not from there at all. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah. now we're all talking about them still again. I, but nobody, nobody I know has gone except for apparently producer Rich's brother. Now hmm. I'm wondering, I'm trying to remember the name. There's the horse show that has the unicorn on the billboards. And I cannot remember the name of it. But I'm like, is that put on by Scientology or something? Like, what's the story behind that? Dude, now I'm looking at this article, though, I have to say. And, like, <laughs> evidently, at some point, dancers dressed as Chinese officials stormed into a park on stage and started beating the people practicing their religion with switches. And then a dancer dressed as a doctor walked on stage and proceeded to gouge out the eyes of a Falun Gong prisoner. That's in the dance. That's in the performance. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, sorry. In the performance. They, they depicted I guess that I can as part of the, yeah. kind of see why they might be banned from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're so banned. Mainland China. <laughs> they're so banned. They're so banned. No, right Falun now. Gong is like, I don't know. That'd be like saying, you know, uh, dance is put on by ISIS in the United States. Like, I'm like so <laughs> fascinated by yeah. this. I just had no idea. And now I'm fascinated about whether all the all the ads are actually like a full on propaganda campaign. A full on. Oh wow! 
You, sir, are a delight. You you said it. Can't take any credit. It's all (laughs) you. Oh my god. Okay. Shall we shall we return to we have flirted with real yeah. the realness. Let's let's, uh, return. let's talk about ice cream. Because uh, you know, cream. I know it's February, but it's uh, summer's coming. Uh and it's almost eighty degrees in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty warm out here in LA uh-huh. too. Um uh-huh. I I want to check in on a trend. This is not new. Uh, but I, I did a little searching around because we were talking about uh strange ice cream flavors and I was like, okay, is that still something people are talking about? And yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, in fact, th- this is from last summer, but uh, there was a Mental Floss uh, article about 12 strange but real ice cream flavors, starting with horse flesh. <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, here's the thing. That's Japanese, first of all. Okay, you know, bracket off. Uh, also, horse is a thing that isn't considered as weird in japan as it is here so raw horse flesh it's not just horse flesh you can you can couch it all you want you're really doing a good job here avoid that part of it no yeah raw uh so i'm just saying in japan this is this is this is like pork flavored ice cream would be here like kind of weird but it's like extra weird once you're outside japan yeah uh, my Squid. favorite place is uh, Salt and Straw. They're, they're a Portland-based chain, but they have uh, outlets down here in L.A. That's where I had the um, at Halloween. They had some crazy stuff, like you know what? Yeah, pigs. You're blood totally right. And uh, uh, yeah, spiders. <laughs> Why, God? Now we I, I, we've gone to horse flesh, spiders, and pigs blood. So let's let's bring it back to just like corn on the cob. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's also some weird acceptable flavors as well. Title, uh, I, by the way, episode title: <laughs> Horse flesh, spiders, and pigs blood. <laughs> People uh, would click, right? Yeah, why wouldn't they? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're vomiting. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is a uh, but but like the corn on the cob, the pickled mango, you know, pear and blue cheese. Those those are the ones that are that are more common. Where people are like, ooh, let me try that. I'd never heard about that. There was one that was uh, breakfast uh, that I had one time that had like egg because ice cream. It's got egg in it already. That's right. You know, not a new thing, but it had like little little bacon, little salty. You know? Amazing. Yeah. I am all over that. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I'm thinking about it now, though, and I'm realizing this is definitely I there are a couple hipster ice cream spots that I can think of right off the top of my head. One on College Avenue in Oakland and one uh, in the Ferry Building in San Francisco that ha- that are sort of like renowned for their their weird mixtures. And it makes perfect sense that it would be along the lines of like lobster ice cream. Although I would try the one that has a. A Cheetos inspired ice cream cone where vanilla and cheese ice cream is dipped into Cheetos dust. Oh, the Cheetos dust. Cheetos dust itself is kind of a thing. Yeah. Cheeto, the Cheeto flavoring, right? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Sounds good to me. A lot of things are getting Cheeto flavored these years. Okay. This is over the top. Strawberry, uh, honey, balsamic, strawberry. uh What? Which A? Strawberry, honey, balsamic, strawberry with cracked pepper and pear with blue cheese. No. It's too many words. It's a salad. I'm just not going to eat it because it's too many. It's too many words. Tsubasa in the Discord says, vegan horse flesh ice cream, please. (laughs) (laughs) Coyote Brown says, is cereal milk ice cream a thing or no thing? I have heard of cereal milk ice cream, which, by the way, sounds freaking delicious. There's a soft serve place does uh, cereal ice cream combos uh, near me. 
interesting. And so you like pick like, oh, I want the Frosted Flakes in chocolate ice cream. Yeah, totally a thing. So I wonder, uh, you know, most likely when you go to order your ice cream, you order it at the counter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it probably didn't strike you as out of the ordinary when you noticed that so many of the new restaurants that have opened these days also have counter ordering and nice ones, right? Not like, nice oh yeah, it's fast food restaurant. Of course, I order at the counter, right? Like, like pretty high mm-hmm. level cuisine. Yep, like the Brazilian place around the mm-hmm. corner for me, and also there's a there was a restaurant in Oakland called Dona Tomas, which is was always like really well known, high end uh, Mexican food. Just opened a new restaurant called Dona. Mm-hmm. Which is mostly like tacos and simple plates, and but high end, and you order at the counter. Yeah, and I think it might have been my son who was like, "Oh yeah, that's a. I think this is a thing." Yeah, and then I realized call. it totally is a thing that the like new restaurant that opens and only has counter ordering, and I think it's a thing as a result of I'm afraid to say a slightly bummer reason, which is like rising minimum wages and general brokenness mean that like restaurants can't afford to pay so many people. And if you have counter ordering, you need fewer servers. It takes less yeah. time. I mean, it's, so it's, you can turn over faster. It's totally it's super expensive to start a restaurant. So if you can do counter ordering to get started, then yeah, it's cheaper. Yep. To, for but sure. it's absolutely a thing. And then I found it in Forbes as a closer look at 2019's top restaurant trends. And that was one of them because it's sort of a, it's also part of the like fast casual Thing. Yeah, right. Like nobody, everybody's in a hurry. And I, I mean, look, I admit it. I don't want, it gives a little bit of a cafeteria vibe if it's not done well. Mm-hmm. But I actually kind of prefer it because it's not this awkward thing where you like sit and you waste a bunch of time waiting. Apparently, I have literally just turned over into like the <laughs> most impatient digital native ever. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to waste all this time at the restaurant. I don't want to, I don't want to be here on your time. Well, okay, your timeline. Uh, Let's go even as recently as the 60s. Going to a restaurant was a special thing that mm-hmm. you, you know, you were spending money. Let's go to a restaurant. And so it was an event always, right? Almost like fast food was brand new. The idea was like a restaurant is a place where someone serves you a meal. And it, the idea of spending less than an hour would mean it was a bad restaurant. Like, no, you want to get your money's worth, right? You want to be served. You want to be, you know, uh, hand and foot. So the idea of counter service would have been like, well, that's cheating. But we don't have that way of looking at restaurants anymore. Restaurants now are the place we get our food because we're Mm -hmm. too busy to cook. (laughs) Totally. And and fast food helped change that attitude. But now it's like, well, it just because you order at the counter doesn't mean it's a bad restaurant. And in fact, that's what I like about this is it's saying – you know what? You've already paid. So if mm-hmm. we handle the counter service well and we still bring the food out to you, you know, maybe you don't have to carry it on a tray. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but it could still have that that feel of fine dining if someone's bringing it to you. Yep. Then suddenly you got the best of both worlds because you're sitting in a nice place, you've got what you've ordered what you want, and you don't like when you're done, you leave. You leave. I mean, it really, I do think that the best part about it is kind of the the Uberization of it. The part where like, because it is the waiting for the bill to come at the end. And then the sort of awkward dance of like when it's going to come and when is the right time to ask for it. And, you know, like, should you just ask somebody in the Discord said, I just, I say, bring me the bill with the food. So I don't (laughs) have to worry about it, you know, but it really like, I, I want this trend 
not only to continue, but to start to include like a payment, like a self checkout at the table. (laughs) Or has anybody invented a subscription restaurant yet? Like my favorite restaurant around the corner, oh, right? Oh, that's brilliant. I yeah. love this restaurant. Dude, we should uh, we should do this. This yeah, is my yeah. second it's a thing startup idea, but like this would be a great great idea. I would straight up subscribe to my favorite pizza place around the corner. Just subscribe. Like give yeah. them my credit card and pay, I don't know, whatever, $9 a month like I pay for every other damn thing. <laughs> 9.99 so that every time I go there, I like can order in advance on the phone and they bring me my food and then I just I I just and, leave and, and then, then you're charge my card. Yeah. Maybe no, I don't even pay a monthly fee. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of people who uh there are a bunch of restaurants that do the uh tablet that you can pay at the at the table. Uh Chili's sure. does it. Yeah. Uh, apparently Yard House does it now. I didn't realize that. Um uh but but yeah, so that that exists, but the idea of I'm just a member and so yeah. I don't have to pay like I'm paying, but I don't have to pay like, yeah, maybe it's not even a monthly fee. Maybe you're a member and they just are like, oh, we will auto charge you, you know, because we know you. Right. Yeah. Just scan in on the way in. You could still get table service if you want. You could order at the counter. It could work a lot of different ways. Yeah. This is how restaurants could because Joe, we're just doing real time focus grouping by yeah. the way we're just we're just workshopping this idea right now in the podcast but joe in the discord is saying i'd subscribe to a couple of local restaurants like you could actually bundle and this would sort of this could counter the like all delivery all the time thing which is a slightly lower margin but what we really want is for the restaurant to be like less of a hassle yeah hmm. yeah no west bay stars is pointing out there's places where you pay in a vending machine and then you just give the waiter the ticket and they bring you what yep. you ordered. I like yep. that too. The other part about counter ordering that I want to make sure I address is seating has to be well managed or Ugh, the restaurant God. has to not be very busy. And I've I've seen it done badly and I've seen it done well. Um, there's a place called Huckleberry in uh, Santa Monica where they do the counter ordering. It's always packed. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to like eating here because it's always going to be a struggle. But they're great about making sure they get you a table. Like See, that's huge. They give you your number after you've ordered, and then you turn around, and there's a person there going like, two, okay, hold on, I uh, think we got something over here, or just wait, as soon as that one's open, you get it, because you're next, Like, mm-hmm. and that made all the difference, like, oh, okay, I'm in good hands. Uh, yeah. Or, and instead of like, oh, now I'm going to have to circle like a vulture and like <laughs> try to jump on a table if somebody leaves, like that's that's that totally negates the advantage of the counter-ordering if that happens. You know, I agree. And actually that place, Donia, that I just mentioned, not to try to like put them on front street, yeah. but that was my big complaint. It's like, you can, you, there is a way to do this and there's a way not to do it. And it was, and the way not to do it is to throw people into a knife fight after they've ordered. <laughs> yes. Like literally just, they like, have, have it just be like a crazy free for all. Yeah. Also, one thing I, just, I, <laughs> there's no cool way to say this, but like I ate at Ikea the other night. Uh, yeah, because uh, no, I had to go there. Perfectly and also, acceptable. They have delicious meatballs. Delicious. And they have self-serve boxes. Mm-hmm. They just have a stack of boxes with a big sign that says, don't waste food. <laughs> like your freaking counter order place yeah. could then have self-service boxes because that can be like a downside too. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many. Wow. We could open a really great restaurant that would immediately fail because they all do. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I love the subscription but idea. Hopefully, hopefully someone's. I know I'm really into the subscription idea. And honestly, I always order the same thing at yeah. my favorite restaurant. I could even Maybe just do a subscription that's like just have my same thing ready. Right. Maybe that's the trick. Is like okay for twenty dollars a month, you can come and get the meal you always order. You know, with a max, probably. I think it's reasonable to say, like, not more than five times. Come on. But, you know, like, right. up to five times. If you want to order something else, then you're paying all, then you're paying like anybody else. But you're subscribing yeah. to that meal. Right. That, that specific meal. Yeah. However many times a month, you don't, you don't pay for, you know, you just like, you alert the restaurant with 20 minutes notice. Yeah. That you're on your way in and they have like the food waiting for you. And then they charge your card after you leave. I mean, it's a little diva, but I kind of love this. Oh, SCW now, Lung, uh, suggests now a there's all kinds of subscription, guys. Yeah. Uh, my this is a my thing. barber does subscriptions. What? I no can, way. I can, I bought a year of of barber, <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't have to pay when I leave. I'm just done. Actually, yes my uh, my wa- my waxer has mm-hmm. that. Yeah. As well. I paid for a year of waxing and I can use them anytime. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know why I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Brilliant. Uh, and, and as you're hearing folks, huh. brilliant people in our audience, right? Brilliant ideas. Right. Uh, right. And, and so That's let's, why we workshop with you every week. Let's share <laughs> some of them with you uh, because you're as much a host of the show as we are. Uh, Joe wrote in and said, I think it's a thing is a thing. I was talking Ah. with the gentleman who came by to fix my phone today, and we connected over our shared experience growing up in former mill towns. He then described a phenomenon in his town and finished by saying, it's a thing, man. So two things. (laughs) One, saying it's a thing may become a thing. I I think that already is. is. Yeah, Yeah, that definitely already is. Mm -hmm. The thing he described, I will call ancestral real estate. Because I like to sound fancy. <laughs> Families have been in the town for generations, own large parcels and houses. When grandparents get old, parents move into their houses, sometimes with them, sometimes moving grandma to a smaller, more manageable place, and let the adult children live in the parents' home. Not in the basement like a boomerang kid, but as if they own it. But the kicker is that the deeds stay in the same name. Grandma still owns her house, and the parents still own theirs. This is an interesting thing to me because I expect it's outside most of our listeners' tech-infused urban bubbles, but definitely a sign of the times. Heck, it sounds like a story from one of Molly's other shows. Mm-hmm. Also, to reiterate, he finished telling giving the example by saying, it's a thing, man, and I just can't get over how awesome that is. <laughs> and Joe says, P.S., I'm totally team jammy spicy wine. <laughs> jammy spicy wine. Yes. Nice. Jammy spicy wine. Um, that is the ADU thing. In a nutshell, what he's describing, like yeah. this idea that you have multi-generational homes or ancestral real estate, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I could see that becoming disturbingly popular, and it probably is, in California, where we have this wonderful thing called Prop 13, which is that if you've owned your house for a certain amount of time, you basically your property taxes are frozen in like the 70s, which is why our state is broke. Um, But this is like an example of people who are saying, yeah, we're going to leave this deed in the same name forever and pay $2,000 a year in property taxes and put an ADU in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, they I can't think, do the ancestral real estate thing that he's describing. Cause you'd have to own two houses and that's just too much, but you could build another one. If you got the room. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. that's, I think a lot of people are doing that. Like they build yeah. these old, like, and he even says that a smaller, more manageable. Pl- well, I guess, yeah, you're saying like two or large parcels anyway. Yes, you're right. I it's also, thing, man. I also think we should create spicy wine jammies. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I am I am dumbstruck by the awesomeness of that. <laughs> right? I mean, I think I we've like, we funded the show right there. We just literally funded the show. Oh my god. Cuz it goes with wine lady the, decor. The Patreon it goes with wine lady decor. The Patreon level for spicy jammies. Spicy wine jammies. Spicy wine jammies. Sorry. Spicy wine jammies. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Rich is in the Discord. Like, we did it. <laughs> we did it. We won. We did it. We won. <laughs> when our restaurant fails, we're going to be fine because we have spicy Because we got that spicy wine, wine jammy money still. Oh, bless. Okay, this is happening. This is totally happening. I think I know a place where you can order custom jammies. I'm, I'm all over this. I'm all over this. Um, okay, moving on. Jeff, God, literally dumbstruck, Tom. You are a genius. <laughs> Thank you. Genius. Okay, Jeff writes in, Jeff in C-Bus, don't know what that is, Columbus, with a Crosstrek follow-up. Quick follow-up experience with the Crosstrek. You may recall this uh, as the Subaru Crosstrek. That is a thing. He says, I was filling up my car at the UDF, as you do, zoning out. I don't know what the UDF is either. Jeff knows a lot of things that I don't know. He says... The lady next to me asked a question. Can you pull a teardrop trailer with that cross track? What? <laughs> I told her maybe, but I have not tried that exactly. But I do pull a utility trailer for home renovations. She then said, oh, because I'm thinking of getting a cross track and a teardrop trailer. Oh, my and gosh. As I drove, and as I said, was it me? As I drove away, I thought, did things just collide or does she listen to the show? Hmm. Ha ha. Uh, UDF is United Dairy Farmers Convenience Stores? I don't think so. I feel like maybe that was, uh, that's the name of a Columbus-based gas station. Well, UDF convenience stores are in in Ohio. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. So Nailed it. maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, thing collision. Definitely, I Jeff. mean, that is amazing. And also I feel a little cliche at this exact moment. Like a little uh, bit. Well, let's get into a big green egg update then from Jim. Okay. Greetings from Atlanta, Georgia, where I drive by the big green egg HQ every day. And Tom is right. The basis of the grill is the Kamado, which is from China slash Korea slash Japan and thousands of years old. But I would say that BGE has improved on it with many of the characteristics found in the Weber kettle and modern smokers. It's round to create a convection oven effect with the heat circulating and made of ceramic for insulation. The key features are efficiency and consistency. You use natural charcoal, often add in wood for smoke, and typically some sort of remote thermometer to let you cook low and slow, making it ideal for pork butt, ribs, beer can chicken, smoke brisket, or anything you want to smoke and roast. You can essentially fill it with charcoal, get it to 230 degrees, and let it cook for hours and hours, indirect using a ceramic plate setter to separate from the coals. It's not pressure, but the seal that allows it to work so efficiently, as you get confident you resist the urge to open it so that you don't lose the moisture in the meat. On the flip mm-hmm. side, if you're cooking steaks, you can get it really hot, well over 650 degrees. So you can cook them Whoa. on a low temp to get them to the right temperature, then sear them for that sweet char in the end. Finally, I get several uses out of a grill full of charcoal. Since you can seal it at the end, it removes the oxygen and therefore puts out the fire pretty quick. And every amateur has singed the hair off their arms and face by not burping at first when opening it up. Parentheses, backdraft. That is the most amazing and specific email we have ever gotten. And I would just like to say that it translates into one thing, which I believe I said on the show. And that thing is 
instant pot of grills. Yep. Absolutely. Really is. Right. Because that's all like, oh, look at all the things yep. that I can do with my big look at green all the things egg. I can do. And you have to burp it because it builds up a oh, bunch of yeah. pressure right. and all the things and you can sear in it and you can also roast. And also, I'm going to need to get one of these. We made some we chili get... in the uh, Instant Pot this weekend. actually. Oh, yum. Mm. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We got a fair amount of fan mail about the big green egg, which I would say only goes to cert- to show our point. It's a thing. Yep. Uh, right. Joe writes in on the topic of fidget spinners and says, you mentioned fidget spinners briefly on your last episode. I'd like to point out why they exist in the first place. They were created as a way for autistic people to stim. I don't know how it blew up into a thing of the time, but they are definitely not gone for those who need them. I know most people don't know about or understand the need to stim for ASD people, but it is important. My fave stim is actually a Rubik's Cube, another thing that seems to have come back but is also a common STEM device. Father of two autistic boys. Oh, that's Joe. great, Joe. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's good to know. Like when we were like fidget spinners are gone, we we're talking about from your convenience store. Right, uh, and totally. so it's, it's interesting to note like, no, they were here for a reason and they're still here for that reason. Well, and I did know that that's how they started because I think we did a story on one of the other shows, maybe about the woman who invented them, mm-hmm. who was a teacher and, you know, got no like credit or money for them. But that that was that was a big part of the reason. That's a great. See, that yeah. is exactly the kind of like extra information that is so that is why that's so great. You guys are I, so great. I love our emails because the people who I email do. us are not just like picking on us. They're adding to the show <laughs> like this. I love it. Our show is like this show is like Instagram and some of our other shows are like Twitter <laughs> <laughs> or Facebook and Instagram is just more fun. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. It's more mm. fun. Thank you, Joe. Uh, as usual, producer Rich has created an amazing symphony of awesome sauce for us for the shout outs. Yes. These are created using Botnik's predictive keyboard using the title of thousands of video games as its training data set. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The shout out level, by the way, if you don't know, if you are not a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash it's a thing. You can support the show uh, at multiple levels. Thank you to all of those of you who do. And some of you, this special group, and I hope you're enjoying <laughs> the the effort that goes into the shout out level. Let's begin. Gabriel Cohen. Gabrielle, we decided, I think. Mm. Gabrielle Cohen in the land of the Caribbean Pharaoh. Jake Woods and his robot odyssey to the moon. Louis St. Amour, infiltrator of darkness two. <laughs> two. Uh, and Mike <laughs> Aikens, primal Disney World Championship Rugby 2004. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, unbelievable. And also, he made some for us. Uh, you read mine and I'll read yours. I Molly, Molly Wood, protector of Fortune Harbor. <laughs> Tom Merritt, Turbo Tournament of Time Blades. <laughs> I love the alliteration. Oh, oh you so know good. what? I think we can all agree. Extra shout out to Rich, who is a damn genius. Yeah. Big damn hero, too, for that. Big green hero. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, patreon.com slash it's a thing, or please feel free to email us because as you can see, it makes the show so much richer and so much better. Richer. Feedback. Yeah. Ah, like producer rich. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. To the beat of life. 
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.